Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. All right, guys, we are on to chapter 17, The Jealous God. And he reminds us again, one, that we got to be careful of not imagining God to be this figure that we want him to be as if we just kind of take a blank slate and write out the way that we want God to to be, and one of the ways that God has revealed himself to be all throughout the scriptures is a jealous God, and on page 167 and 168, um, Packer outlines all the different ways that God has revealed and and, um, explicitly said this throughout the scriptures, so we see that God has called himself a jealous God, and he's revealed himself to be a jealous God, and so it leads us to 169 in the conversation of today of the nature of God's jealousy, so... Mm -hmm. You know, okay, we're one over the idea that he is a jealous God, and he kind of reminds us of a couple things um, in the nature of uh, God's jealousy. One, that once again, we have that word anthropomorphic, where, you know, God reveals himself to us in ways that uh, we can relate to. Yeah, like through our language. Through our language. But, you know, like God's hand does this, but God doesn't literally have a hand, so... Mm -hmm. And um, he kind of works us through this again. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but he was talking about when faced with this, it's easy to grab hold of the wrong end of the stick and to look at, in our life, the way that we've experienced things like jealousy, you know, through the corrupting effect of sin, and for us to look at it that way rather than, um, you know, really slowing down and saying, okay, this is in order to... convey to us something about God, not the thing that we've experienced on the sin side, but the thing that's that's on the righteous side. So in, in the nature of jealousy, uh, the second thing he does, he kind of pulls those to the two sides of the stick. The first side is a vicious jealousy. This is, and this is page 170, an expression of the attitude, I want what you've got and I hate you because I haven't got it. This is the sinful, mm-hmm. jealous, you know, how I think the words probably mostly used 90% of the time, you know. And then there's the second point that he makes. There's another sort of jealousy, Packer says, a zeal to protect a love relationship or to avenge it when broken. This is how we properly see it. So my question is, uh, you know, as we think about God as being jealous in the sense of protecting a love relationship or to avenge it, how does this change the way that we see God in the scriptures and in our own lives? I think it should really make us glad that he's jealous. Like, if we actually believe that he is and he has all the characteristics that we've talked about in this book, then, like, all glory is due to him. He's jealous for it, and we should want, we should be glad that he is because, like, we we know that he is this holy God, and so he deserves it, and we now get to live um, our lives in response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, so if we can recognize his jealousy 
um, out of his great love for us that it just keeps it in perspective. And Mm -hmm. so we can kind of come to terms with that as, well, I understand that. And then in him talking it or comparing it um, to a relation or a relationship in marriage, he says, um, as the fruit of marital affection. Mm -hmm. And for those of us married, you know, we, we find comfort in knowing that our spouse has affection for us Mm -hmm. in a way such that their love is so great that they would, you know, that they're, they're jealous for it. Like Mm -hmm. they, they want, you know, so I think it's healthy Mm -hmm. and important for us to keep that perspective. Yeah. And I think this goes back to, you know, Hank preached, um, yesterday and he had talked about, you know, we, we don't have a God who, the way that he relates to the world and his people is like hitting a dishwasher and walking away. And I think that's important for us to remember too, is that, you know, throughout this biblical story, this big kind of overarching narrative that we see in the scriptures is we see God who who really cares and loves and actually seeks his people. And so this word jealousy can evoke in us an understanding of what it means for God to truly desire and go mm-hmm. after and, and want relationship with his people. And so I think as even as we, we try to properly understand that as a virtue of God or an attribute of God, um, it should allow us to see him in a more personable way, in a way that is more closely connected to our life. And it does two things. It shows us the glory of God, because this is a very active, glorious God who's doing all this through Scripture, and it's also for our good. Like, he longs for us to have relationship with him and to live in a way that is also best for us, you yeah. know? And I think that, that that kind of opens our eyes to it. He, he also says... Um, you know, that, that God demands, this is on page 171, he says from the passages, so he gives us some scripture to look at, we plainly see that God meant by telling Moses that his name was jealous. Like, this is obviously a significant thing. He meant that he demands from those whom he has loved and redeemed utter and absolute loyalty, and that he will vindicate his claim by stern action against them if they betray his love by unfaithfulness. This kind of term, utter and absolute loyalty, what does that look like in our life? If we just think of God's jealousy for us, what does our loyalty back to him look like? Yeah, I think that can that could go a lot of different ways. And as we explore it, I mean, as I was reading through, um, I really appreciated his the flow of how he talked through um, the Old Testament regarding God's covenant um, to his people Israel, and that that carried with it a demand for unqualified love and loyalty, and just thinking through like, well, in that time, you know, these people were surrounded by by pagans, and there were many pagan gods, and so idolatry may have looked a lot different then, so it just made me start thinking about, well, I mean, idolatry now is, is things that we talk about all the time, especially with college students, is well, where is your treasure and what are you worshiping in life? And so um, for me, you know, thinking through like loyalty to God is putting all those things aside, but you just so actively have to be aware of how easy it is to just kind of get sucked in and pulled Mm -hmm. in all these different, all these different ways. And Mm -hmm. that sometimes even the best things in life, like marriage and family, um, maybe career, Mm -hmm. um, boyfriends and girlfriends, that those good things, when they become, when they get elevated so high that mm-hmm. we are a- actually 
you know, it, it's idolatry at that point. We're not worshiping God. We're not treasuring God. Um, that that should be a, a heart check for yeah. us. So just I, kind of I heard it put that. once when you take you make good things God, God things. things. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's important too because it's like God doesn't want us to put anything in His place, even if it's a quote unquote good thing. And I do think that that's that's important for us just to 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 make that yeah. distinction. So I appreciate you for bringing that up. Sure. I mean, and I think maybe part of the difficulty now is that. We just can't pinpoint these things so quickly. Like mm-hmm. we are not bowing to or sacrificing for a pagan god, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's not idolatry in the sense, you know, in this millennium. Yeah, it just looks different. So it just can almost be more difficult at times to to mm-hmm. to see it. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. So, and he also says it's important for us to understand that that God's jealousy works in light. This is on page one seventy two. He says, and it is in light of God's overall plan for His world that His jealousy must, in the last analysis, be understood. That also this kind of helps us understand what's happening in the Bible. Like as God is doing, you know, we're about to do the Bible reading plan in a year as a church, and we're going to be going through the Bible and understanding what we're talking about today with God's jealousy allows us to understand much of what he does in the scripture as he's Mm -hmm. pursuing his people. And he's also rebuking his people. Um, He says on page 171 too, he says, you know, God's jealousy leads him on one hand to judge and destroy uh, the faithless among his people who fall into idolatry and sin, and on the other hand to restore his people after national judgment um, has chastened and humbled them. And, you know, this kind of is explaining to us the way in which God is working and relating to his people throughout the Bible and and us. So I think it does also just help us better understand the action and motives of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in thinking about the Christian response, which Packer kind of ends the chapter with, I want to kind of end on, he says, you know, there, there's kind of, I guess, two main points that Packer gets at. The first one is that je- the jealousy of God requires us to be zealous uh, for God. So just to kind of transition, not just that God wants us to be faithful to him, mm-hmm. but that in that faithfulness, there's a zeal. What what does that zeal look like in our life lived out? Yeah, it really flows from, so God is jealous that all glory and obedience be to him. Like we see this completely in Jesus's life when he comes and he is obedient to the father. Um, and so in our lives, if we realize that the Lord is a jealous God who requires all justice um, and all glory, then we should be zealous to bring him that glory. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks about how, like, through the past, we have seen people who just seem to be more zealous for God. They seem to understand that God demands more out of me for some than everyone else, and Mm -hmm. they seem to be living differently. I think it means, and we'll get into this more in chapter 20, but it's like, Every decision that we're seeking to make, we're doing it by the mm-hmm. Word of God, according to what we think is the will of God based mm-hmm. on His Scriptures. And so it's not just like we wake up and we're living this life on our own, and when something big happens, we need the Lord. Mm-hmm. But rather, we're walking with the Lord, meaning we're following following Him obediently, trying to be sinless every day, mm-hmm. in every reason, for every no matter how small or how, how grand the decision may be. It's tr- like we are actively trying to do it for God's glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was thinking of um, in how we just live our lives in like a passionate, proactive 
pursuit of glorifying God, that we are not just waiting around. Like, you know, there are opportunities that will come our way that we don't have planned, Mm -hmm. but it's just in the everyday decisions that we make um, and how we're living our lives. But there should be a passion behind all that we do to see -hmm. see God glorified. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really liked um, Packer pulled from... um, Bishop J.C. Ryland was talking about the zealous man and how, you know, it's not just that he's earnest and uncompromising and wholehearted and fervent in spirit, but that he only sees one thing. He cares for one thing. He lives for one thing. He is swallowed up in one thing, and that is to please God. And I just, I, I just think that in our comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, Western lives that we don't always have that passion. We don't, Mm -hmm. we don't carry that pursuit with us, um, very consistently. And maybe we feel it at certain times when, you know, we're feeling closer to God or we feel really spiritually healthy, but, but just to encourage us to really, um, be proactive in Mm -hmm. finding ways to glorify God in in everything that we do in every day of Mm -hmm. our lives. It's, I mean, I know that that's an impossible task, but the closer we can get, um, you mm. know, we know that we will please God. Yeah. Yeah. I like that phrase, you know, swallowed up because I guess, it, you know, I think it's just so, I guess just so normative just to think that obedience to God just looks like avoidance of sin, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that obedience to God is beyond avoidance of sin. It's It's the pursuit of a relationship with him and honoring him and knowing him. And I think this is kind of that, you know, we've been working through Philippians as, you know, a college ministry this year. This is that I press on, you know, I want to press on to know the Lord, to Mm -hmm. pursue him as my prize to that's that being swallowed up mentality that Paul expresses in the scriptures that, you know, it's not just that Paul wants to not do the things he used to do, but that he wants to, know God, you know, to, yeah. to quote the title of the book. And then, you know, he says, the second thing is jealousy of God threatens churches, uh, which are not zealous for the Lord. And I think this is just humbling for us to be thinking about collectively as a church, because there's a responsibility that we have, not just for our own life, because I think we're in this Western world where things are very individualistic, but also we have a shared responsibility as members of this church to try to be a church that's zealous. And yeah. I think that's really significant for cautions to get that it's not just about you as an individual, but us collectively as a yeah. church. You yeah. are a greater part of the whole. Like we have to start mm-hmm. to think of ourselves as a whole yeah. of the church. And we don't want to be the church that the Lord throws up in Revelation yeah. where he literally says like, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. I will spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. Like, we don't want to be that church. You no. know, we want to be a church that individually we're zealous for God, and so collectively mm-hmm. we are as yeah. well. And I think like when we really see that click for college students, we do see them act mm-hmm. in a zealous way for God. And I mm-hmm. mean, we have beautiful pictures of that that we've just been um, we've been able to witness up close. And you know, reading through that entire chapter and then getting to the very end and being like, well, we know we don't want to be lukewarm. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. so clear. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm really thankful that God has reached college students here and that we just get to see see their zeal. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, for me, it, it really helps light that fire again for me because they are being so fervent in spirit mm-hmm. and it's it's inspiring. And I, and I just think it's really wonderful. Yeah, and to me, it's always a big, 
you know, red flag when students are talking about the church and they're saying the church doesn't this and the church doesn't do this mm-hmm. and the church should do this and they're never realizing you are a part of the church. Like, yeah. you know, there should be a lot more we here. Like the word we should be. And I think too, it's that we are not just responsible for our zeal towards the Lord, but we are responsible for the collective community here of us stirring one another yeah. up in affection and also to build and encourage one another up. And we see that kind of collective responsibility that, yes, pastors are judged more strictly, the scriptures teach us, but we collectively are are called to this together. So I think that's a great reminder to close this chapter out and to hit another milestone as we dive into part Ooh. three. 